0: There's an Edmonton dress dress code. I'm not gonna to get too deeply into it, but uh. <laughs> my partner my partner calls it the beachcombers. That's what she calls the look. Yeah. The beachcombers. And but so I showed up today wearing plaid and oh the two. Tub- <laughs>
1: Welcome to Make It Small. I'm Von Beaker. I'm a singer-songwriter in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and my goal is to make it small. I'm talking to people in the music industry, artists, bookers, promoters, venue owners who can help me do that and who may be able to help you too. Today, I sit down at the Aviary to talk with the owners of the Aviary, Philip Muse and Mark Elliot Muse. After 2 years struggling to get a new venue airborne, the brothers had a lot to teach me and some great stories. Okay, so Let's say I'm a musician, which I am, and let's say I want to play at the aviary, which I do. How would I go about that? Got know people.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, it's uh, the aviary is accessible to everyone, and that's another part of our business model, how we really want to make this a place where anyone can play and anyone can display art, it's for everyone in in the in the community. So um, yeah, we're just uh, we don't put on too too many shows ourselves. We work with a lot of different outside promoters. It helps us to keep things very um, get a good variety of uh, genres. I mean, by working with so many different people. Yeah. But uh, if someone wants to put on their own show, which is easier than it sounds, um, I've walked through a bunch of people who are like, hey, I want to book a show. I'm like, well, I can't really build a show around you. Why don't you get together, like, you know, a few of the bands that you've heard of or your friends, whether that. Um, I rent out the space for very, very minimal. It's just to uh, cover the box office, the front, uh, front door person, and uh, the sound tech. Yeah. And our sound techs, we, we run with about six different techs, and they're all like, absolute stars like yeah. highly trained and uh been around with me for years so the the rental fee that you get from from here is uh, is worth something because you're going to get professional sound and you're going to get a proper box office a, a greeter yeah. to help well, warm the door cup. person as well it does yeah um it's it's, awesome. yeah and so uh so you can just uh, contact me my emails uh philip at the aviary.xyz calendar is filling up really quickly Another good way to get shows is just be a part of the scene. Show up to shows. I can't. I've got several people in my head right now who I know gig a lot in Edmonton and are pretty big names in Edmonton, and they just got there because they went to shows. They kept on pushing their music, and they just kept on meeting people, and they've uh, they've become quite big Edmonton successful just by being in the scene. Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: Back in the mid-'90s, um, Philip and I uh, used to put on punk shows, yeah. uh, like, halls. And to put on a punk show at a hall, we would rent the hall for anywhere from $250 to $800, depending on the hall, yeah. plus the damage deposit, which was usually $250 to $800 for the damage. We'd run to, like, Long McQuaid or Axe Music, rent PA equipment. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd have our own volunteer for the door. We'd work the sound ourselves. We'd put on a show and usually, like, kind of, hopefully break even and then um, often there'd be damage to the place and then we'd lose part of our damage deposit we'd have to fix something the next day and spend the next day cleaning and mopping and then returning the gear and stuff and it was a lot of work for not a lot of return a lot of fun nights Mm -hmm. but not a lot of return whereas here we have the sound system already set up we have techs on staff we have box office we have bar we have kitchen we have everything ready to rock and roll you bring your event in here there's no damage deposit or anything have your event leave at the end of the night it's yeah. i wish this place had been there back when we first started out. Oh, it would have been we would have been here every like week or two like putting on shows
2: I mean, yeah and that's uh that's how i came to buy the artery i just uh, started putting on shows at uh at the artery yeah um and all the shows all my shows all my artery shows were really well well attended and like it was just so easy It was so much easier than putting on shows anywhere else
1: so one thing you got to know before the aviary there was the artery this was philip and mark's first successful attempt at a thriving music venue in edmonton that shut down a little over two years ago because of city plans to redevelop that land now back to the aviary
2: yeah, we really want to focus on just if you if you want to play, you're allowed to play, you know. Like, and uh, it's gonna be as easy as po- uh, easy as possible, you know. Like, we'll
1: try and make it as easy as possible. Music's for so. everyone. So, how have you guys managed that? Like, do you find it, is there a scene around what you're doing, or is it kind of multiple um, different scenes that are attracted in different nights? Like, how do you how do you view the community that exists around what you're doing?
2: You know, it's really funny. Um, <clears throat> when I, I moved to uh, I moved to Riverdale a couple years ago. I don't live there anymore. But when I moved when I moved there, I had this like general idea of what um, what a Riverdalean was. You know, I'm like, oh, that right. person's so Riverdalean, kind of thing. Yeah, that <laughs> when I moved there, there's like show,
1: just from watching the show. Just
2: from watching the show. <clears throat> show, watching yeah. The show. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um And uh, when then when I got there, I found out there's just like there's so many different people did me different incomes, different tastes and different styles. And it builds this one community that, that is Riverdale. And I felt the artery kind of had the same sort of thing where it's just like, this is so, such an artery kind of show. It's like, wow. You know, like what, what does that really mean? You know? And, uh, even for like our, our two like, fundraisers. You felt,
1: that or you felt that's what other people said about.
2: Um, we, I get that from time to time. Like this is a very artery kind of show. Like, you know, it's like, well, like, what is an artery show? You're, you know, yeah. you're not here every night of the week, you know. And, right. uh, like, tomorrow there's something crazy that you've never seen. Like, there's a Tupperware party. You missed There's Tupperware party. A and, show. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a graffiti art show and uh, hardcore <laughs> and poetry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, re- we've never really been a genre-specific venue. Yeah. And there, you get yourself some really, really hip venues that are way hipper than ours. <laughs> And, um, you know, they booking all these super, super hit bands, but it's this one kind of crowd. And as soon as that crowd either moves to Toronto, Montreal, or it gets a little older, not going to shows anymore, you know, over the, over the time, you've really pigeonholed yourself as this, as a punk bar, as a whatever, yeah. you know, um, but, uh, yeah, keeping it fresh and being open for, for everyone, that's always been the business model. And I guess a little bit of a following has come with that, but the following doesn't look like one specific type of people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there is a person that will come <coughs> because they respect. they know if something's happening at aviary, it's going to be something I'll probably enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a level of trust almost for you guys as curators of things that enter the, the doors mm-hmm. that it might not be their genre, but, mm-hmm. but they come check out different sample, different genres just because they're happening here. There yeah. is a, there is a group of audience like that.
2: There is, you know, and I think, uh, I think the majority of music lovers are like that, including yourself, you know, like, Hey Dave, what kind of music do you listen to? You're like, well, like, I don't know, maybe in the nineties, I could told you I listened to like, I listen to alternative music or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but now it's like, I don't know. Like everybody listens to everything now, right? Yeah. And you know, there's the Edmonton uniform that you see. How like you know, kids who go to shows, everyone dresses a certain way, and people from out of town are like, "Oh, you look like you're a guy from Edmonton," because everyone in Edmonton kind That's of an like Edmonton bo- thing. There is an Edmonton dress dress code. I'm not going to get too deeply into it, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, my partner my partner calls it the beachcombers. <laughs>
2: That's what she calls the look.
1: Of yeah.
0: The that's so I showed up today wearing plaid and a two yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah.
2: but oh, it's a cool. way—it's a way to blend into every single show. Like, uh, like I go to a lot of—I go to a lot of metal shows and I go to a lot of folk shows, and, and I dress the exact same. And it's—and it's a—it's and a, it's a style and it's a look where you can just go to anything you like, like any genre of you like, and you can fit in, feel comfortable in the crowd, and uh, fine. yeah. And I feel that's a very, very artery uh, um, image as well. Like we yeah. don't really. Have we're not genre specific at all, but like we have our own brand, but like, this is what our people look like.
1: You guys maybe have as good or better of a perspective on the local music scene here as anybody would have. So, um, how'd you describe Edmonton's scene? And, uh, are there, is there someone you want to give a, a shout out that people who are listening to this maybe haven't heard before, but should hear? Yeah. You know, I, th-
2: I think the scene's really good right now. Um, uh I, uh I used to go to Wonder Bar a lot, I used to go to Artery a lot, um, and I uh, used to go to Wonder Bar a lot. And yeah. when those two bars closed within in the same year, I think it really left a, left a hole. Um, and there was, wasn't really much during that time. Since then, there's been a bit of an explosion, you know, like the 9910 opened up and uh, uh, Sewing Machine Factory. And I think it, the scene rebounded. Like we're we as we're as, it's as strong as it's ever been yeah uh in my opinion my, the last like 20 25 years of being Edmonton there's always you know young bands that you've never heard about that will blow your mind like every week I see like how did I not know at sweet talker about a week ago they played here fantastic fantastic mm. um, I really dig Bloom circle hunchback um Dylan Ella is a young performer there's yeah, youth and uh yeah, they're gonna be huge. Yeah. Um so the scene's super strong. <clears throat> I went to see Hunchback about a week ago at Sewing Machine and yeah, there was a thirty person mosh but like the entire like I'm not talking like the first, you know, the intro to the song, people are going nuts. I'm talking people mosh the entire set. Yeah. And uh, I I don't think I've seen that in a very, very I've long, said time. Mosh in
1: a long time. <laughs> well that's
2: like that's where you know you're a good band. If people are mosh into your yeah. Is is mosh not a term anymore? anymore? No. I, no. I,
1: but I know what you're Thanks. talking about when you say. What, it. What people are
2: not say mosh oh. anymore for real? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, don't
1: know.
2: <laughs>
0: just, I feel like I'm
1: back in the nineties
2: said that. I was like, right, mosh fest. Well, remember, what do they call I remember it? Remember mosh fest? When, I when, think it's just dance. When pit. they're in the mosh pit,
0: it's just dance.
2: Pit, pit. Do they say like, hey, you want to enter the mosh pit? You remember me? social dance from the dance school? Dance pit. That's yeah. what they
0: teach in school for social dance now. Mosh, <laughs> all That is. Yeah, like. Oh, I hate social
2: dance. I got a mosh with her. She has chance for me to mosh with Jennifer.
1: (laughs) So what do you think, like, how how do you think Edmonton is as a music town? Like, is there, what, like, would it be easier to do what you're doing somewhere else? Do you ever think about that? Or do you think this is a good good place to be doing what you're doing for live music?
0: I think it's a good place. Yeah, I think it's a good place to do what we're doing because uh, I think the community is very um, close-knit and uh, supportive of each other. And so for for that, it's really good. Um, One of the drawbacks would be we've got a a gigantic city spread out over a a large footprint. And so oftentimes it it maybe doesn't seem worth it to drive across town and, you know, add that time to your night as well, Um, particularly weekday nights. Um, I've always found that Edmonton's kind of more of a Friday-Saturday um let
2: loose type of a, a town working we, for the
1: weekend yeah. yeah you know
2: it's got a lot to do with uh with like you know the price of rent and the price of everything here everybody works you know everyone has a job and then a side gig or a lot of, a lot of musicians have just they gig yeah. and so uh yeah there's there, people are very very busy all the time and so when it comes down to weekends then you get the nine to five or something on weekends yeah. and during yeah. the week it's it a little tougher uh,
1: I always feel bad as a as a musician because of course you want it. You got to promote what you're doing, otherwise no one will come. But then you're always like worried about where that line is. When do I start being this total annoying bug and yeah. stop being? And how do you? Is that something you guys think about or feel the weight of that when you're constantly trying to get out into the world what you're what you're doing? How do you manage that? Mm-hmm.
0: There's certain friends all all. Um specifically text or message or whatever when I know that there's something that they would truly enjoy. This is up their alley. Um, this is right in their wheelhouse. Um, and then I, I, try not to be a pain in the ass for everyone else, you know, but I mean, I'll be sitting at home and being like, Oh, I haven't seen that person in a while and send them the next eight dates. Yeah. We got co- coming up and an explanation of which what each night is. Right? Like tonight, we got a hardcore show. Tomorrow, it's more like a you know folk rock show. And hope to see you at one of them. And then yeah. So I try not to be a pain in the ass. But.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's something for everyone here, you know. <coughs> I like think people, people like entertainment, and yeah. there's something you're, you're going to find something here that you like. Yeah,
0: yeah. and, I, and I, I don't think people think I'm I'm hu- like hustling too hard or um, or. uh telemarketing or anything yeah, yeah. like that so much like I, I'm sure if I ask them like are you bothered when I tell them they probably say no no I like knowing what's coming up right I, I hear that more like I've never heard anybody say like stop texting me about your shows but I've, I've heard from people like thanks keep sending me as soon as I have a night off all.
1: Yeah, it's often amazing, like, how much you think you're saying, but how little of it people are actually getting. Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. even actually getting it all. Like, maybe it's not even showing up in their Facebook yeah, feed mm-hmm. or their story being
2: so annoying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Or their e- your email's not hasn't gone through for two months or whatever, and you just assume you've communicated, but mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it never helps when your phone is just like blink, blink, blink. You got all these friends be like, "Oh, dude, can't make it, can't make it, can't make it." I'm like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." I don't care, man. Like everyone's got <laughs> plans. This is more of a suggestion, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, You're not really letting me down. I've got like thousands more shows over the next decades coming up, you yeah. know. But just I was just let you know. Yeah. But don't tell me like, "Oh, I can't
1: make it." So over and over that's something I think we have in common for sure me as just a musician and you as uh, someone who actually books the shows is a that feeling of like well, you no know one's coming to my party mm-hmm. yeah I mean because I I I've, I've do tons of events too and I've, I've that's never gotten easier for me I don't think okay I try and let it go I try and be like all you can do is... Set the table. You're not responsible for who shows up to eat, kind of thing, and make sure they have a good time when they get there. But it's it's always hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard not to take it personal. Really hard not to like internalize that, put your identity right in with that. But it sounds like maybe you've gotten better at that over time. I really have. It doesn't bother me as much anymore. To tell the yeah.
2: truth. Um, I've really put it in my head a couple of years ago to be like, you know, when the when the curtain opens, when the doors open, um, you've already done all you can. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do more to get yeah. more people in the in the room. The promo time, time for promotion, is over. Yeah. And so there's nothing you can do. So you might as well just have a good time, have a positive attitude, and focus on the customers that are that have showed up. You know. So um, yeah, it actually has really gotten much easier. Like. I think maybe even a couple of years ago, a show like yesterday would have really kind of like really bummed me out, you know, like, um, anyway, we lost a little bit of money. I don't know, probably broke even or something, you know, it wasn't enough to pay the bills at all. So, you know, so I would have been kind of stressed out a couple of years ago, especially kind of starting to get going, you know, like, why aren't people showing up, you know, but like, "Eh, well, I think I was fine yesterday. I'm like, this is what happens. We're going to see a ton of these, but we're also going to see some enragers. So, sit down, you know, rest your legs because you're going to be on your feet for the next couple (laughs) couple of years, you know, so. mm -hmm.
1: Does that just come from that long view, like having done it for long enough now that you kind of see, uh, you see kind of the, not so much the spikes, but the overall kind of trajectory of things? Mm We discussed
0: that. And I remember, um, that reminded me of uh, one time I was, uh, I showed up to the artery, I wasn't working, I was on my way to Wonder Bar. Uh, that night, but I need to drop something off for Philip or pick something up, I can't remember which, but I showed up there and there was a touring band with local support playing that night. And so I decided I was going to go to the Artery first, have a beer, um, just talk to Philip there and then go off to Wonder Bar because that was the show I was going to that night. And I showed up there and asked Philip who's playing. He tells me and I go and I poke my head into the theater and I was the only person there who wasn't playing that night, right, in the theater. And the musician on stage was like, hey, Mark's here now. (laughs) And I kind of got the deer in the headlights because I was ready to leave. And so uh, now I I can't leave. I'm the only person there who's not performing. So I ended up getting another beer and being a little bit late for my other show and then just kind of sneaking out (laughs) When, when I was... The least noticeable, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's too bad. The bands were fantastic, and
2: yeah. Miss on Scene nice. and Fast Romantics were both like pretty big bands now. Like, yeah. and they played for the each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. played for each other and <laughs> the the artery staff. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't it, was a, it wasn't a super cold night. Like it was sure. fine. You know, like minus fifteen or something. Thursday night, just nobody showed up. Yeah.
1: Like what you, nobody. What do you think's the best show you guys have ever? Put on for the least amount of people, like the biggest. Maybe like, that one. <laughs> show.
2: Maybe that one. Um, uh, wake uh, Owl. I saw Wake Owl, and there was like, think about twenty of us or so. Yeah. Uh, at the artery. and it was amazing. Like, so, like it was very intimate. Everyone just moved up close, and yeah, yeah, we're like, hey, let's enjoy this fantastic show. They're an unbelievable band, and there was twenty of us, and it was yeah. very kind of like a private party.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's the, weirdest, what's the weirdest thing you guys have ever had happen in your venue? Like the <coughs> weirdest event? On
2: the record. Mm. <laughs> there's wow. one night I will not talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's a few that like, just My mind's rushing right now. I'm like, no, no, no. Well, I, just I don't know if anything really shocks us anymore, though. Like, <laughs> though, you know, like what, right. what, what could possibly be happening? Like, whoa, that's some weird art. It's like, I don't know, whatever. It's cool. It's good. Um,
1: well, I was just thinking about your Tupperware party Yeah.
2: Well, it wasn't necessarily a Tupperware party. It was these, these 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 like um this these couples in their uh you know late twenties, early thirties or so, and there was like forty of them, and they got together and they buy stuff, like like big stuff, like um Christmas trees and things like a microwave. It's like yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they oh, all and all okay, these people bring things and they loaded up the artery full of like things to buy. Like the most <laughs> random thing. It was like a pop-up Walmart or something. Right. <laughs> and they invite their friends that their friends buy it. And it was, like, that sticks out in my mind. Cause like would never do something like that ever. And it was a Tuesday night. I'm like, I don't really, I didn't, I don't think I really fully understand what, what kind of, what <laughs> they wanted to do. I'm like, maybe like a craft show, like one hundred percent sent down for a craft show, but they were just buying like new stuff and selling it to other people. I'm like, yeah. Oh, why can't they go to the store and buy that? I don't really <laughs> understand. It was very, that was the weirdest show ever. But you know, everyone was so, so nice. And no one at that show had any idea about any of like, you know, that there are local musicians. Right. right. You know, like there's only like, you know, there's Justin Timberlake and there's no one else really. Right. And then you know, the next Justin Timberlake somewhere yeah. in the world. Yeah, but that person's already super famous. Oh, they're yeah. Trying yeah. to be the next. There's only like three or four <laughs> pop stars out there, you know? So these people have no idea about the scene. They have no idea that these little hole in the wall live music venues exist. And, you know, just the wide eyed, just wonder. Mm. And these are really cool people, yeah, like yeah. out in the real world, like cocktail bar kind of people yeah, and like yeah. real trendy good-looking <laughs> and good looking people. And they're just blown away and the response was like it was it was really really sweet to talk to these people just just super super into this have no idea that this kind of stuff happened Mm. so that was one of my weirdest shows for sure it keeps on coming up we get occasionally we'll have somebody like
0: pop in not knowing what the event is they'll just poke their head in and and say you know what's going on tonight kind of thing and if it's um uh if it's a, like a private event, like there's somebody's rented it for something, we're just like, oh yeah, this is what's going on. Come back tomorrow or the next day for this. Um, uh, but I, I think, it, particularly because we're we're more in a residential neighborhood now, with a lot of really cool people living in this neighborhood, um, I think it's going to get more drop in than what what perhaps the artery got. Um, the artery would get a lot of drop in late. Like, you know, kind of like a last call drop in, you know, right. like, you know, leaving Jasper Ave leave, leaving White Ave and people would pop in like to see if anybody was still hanging out. Know? Yeah. But here I think we're going to get a lot more people from the neighborhood who um, know that, you know, eventually we're going to be, you know, six, seven nights a week with with events here. Um, just we have a Wednesday off. We, you know, we got, maybe we got a babysitter for the kids and we thought we'd come get a sandwich and have yeah. a glass of wine or something like you know, that. And we know Sunday there's the some music yesterday. going on, right? So I think that's going to happen more at this place, but the interesting thing is that the, uh, the overlap from um, different crowds, because we'll do all these different types of shows, I really like seeing the the mingling of people from very different kind of social scenes or backgrounds, and that's very apparent at things like the art shows and stuff like that, and particularly events where we've promoted tickets. Yeah. Um, you get like people from these different crowds and they get to mingle and hang out and all you know, yeah. see the same event together, and I think that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Multi generational crowds as well, being an all, being an all ages venue. The all ages thing is very uh, important to our uh, our vision.
1: It's funny because I was telling my telling my kids that the other day. So my son's fourteen and my daughter's twelve, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, the, the aviary is open now, and it's all ages." So and they're like, oh, "What does that mean?" And it's like, "Oh, you guys can come to." show with me if you want to and someone's like, why would I want to go to my show? <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm working on that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. You got a lot <laughs> but of I like too, that yeah. it could happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, what's the what's the value in that for you guys? Because it's probably a harder thing to pull off even logistically. I think we maybe talked about that with licensing and things like that. Is there a bit more hoops to jump through to get that to happen?
2: Yeah, due to the fact that there's no live music business or live entertainment business license, which I've complained about quite a bit. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, we had to go in as a restaurant, and uh, in going in as a restaurant, we got to bring this thing to 2018 restaurant code. Yeah, you know, yeah. when that's not really like our primary, like that's not primarily our our business, sure. right? It's it's the entertainment. Um, so yeah, that jumping through that hoop was uh, was really really hard, very expensive and time consuming. And yeah. um, uh, but as far as the way shows are going to go, because it's all ages, it's super easy. It's just as easy as like you know you go to a restaurant, you know you you walk in the door, you sit down and you order drinks, and it's it's just like that. You yeah. know um, tonight's uh, tonight's probably going to be a sold out show with a with a decent mix of uh, of uh, of youth. Um, so it's just wristbanded, you know, um, treat people like adults, yeah. make sure people aren't getting out of control, like look for warning signs. Like I've been in the bar industry for two decades now. And so like you're able to see uh, when things are kind of getting out of, getting out of hand, if yeah. they're getting out of hand. So we t- we tend not to have too many problems here. And people like youth tend to behave a lot more when there's like, adults around. Mm. If it's like, you know, just, uh, you know, one age group like that, they, they act a certain way, but if yeah. there's multi-generational uh, groups like that, everyone tends to be on their best behavior. Adults tend to behave better
0: too when those kids are. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it, it's it's cool too, though, because, I mean, the, the show we're doing tonight, which is going to be a lot of all ages, it's like a hardcore show. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of a different crowd than if we're doing like a folk show that was all ages, that was a mix of, you know, kids, teens, and adults. But um, I know Philip said this to me when we first talked about um, the business model, and he just said he, he uh, after working in the bar industry for years and years, um, he really wants to see kids grow up um, around alcohol and people who consume alcohol responsibly and how to behave themselves in, like, a bar setting or in a, in a licensed setting. Yeah. So when these kids do turn 18 and they're unleashed on White Avenue... You know, they have a little bit of respect and, and understand how to behave like a, like a, a human being in, yeah. in public. Right? I didn't get that. I didn't behave like a human being in public when I turned 18. Are there
1: some other reasons why you guys lean towards doing it, the all-ages, intergenerational stuff, like other benefits that you see from that model?
0: Such good bands that kids never get to see. Yeah. Like, there's so many awesome freaking bands that like my kids would never get to see. You know, because by the time they turn eighteen and can go to like wherever, yeah. um, to see them play a show, they've you know maybe they're not even around anymore, or something like that. You know, you miss that window. But if if you can bring your, your kids to see great music and expose them also to consuming local um, talent, right, and local yeah. artists, I think that that has a, a huge benefit on 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 uh, getting a following for some of these bands, but also um, teaching that young generation that. You know it's worth it to pay for local talent and local art and local music. And there's some there's some great local music. We don't have to buy whatever's packaged up in, in the states and sold to us on I don't know whatever. I don't know if MTV still plays music, but yeah, I think I think it it, it helps everybody. It, it helps build um, a live music audience for the next kind of generation. And hopefully, it's also inspiring these kids to pick up instruments and stuff too, and maybe the next bands
1: what's uh what's your favorite thing about running a venue what's what's the best part of this job
2: not having a boss <laughs> um
1: you have a boss every time you look at him in the mirror Philip. Yeah. yeah and every and time this... i load
2: in bands <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and every time you look at
1: uh, yeah,
0: every night you, uh, have a boss.
2: you know what it's uh i don't know how to not make the sound uh cliche like that but it, it really is it's the people yeah it's uh it's the people who come in in the scene—the musicians, the artists, the fans of the artists—and just the wide range of people and everybody who walks in here. Like we're at, we're answering questions pretty much all night. Everyone has so many questions, and people love. You know what, what makes this place different? What I what I really like about the aviary as far as uh, opposed to all the other bars and music venues I've, I've worked at. I really, what I like about this neighborhood is like. Everyone likes to talk about the neighborhood. Mm. So many people, they will tell you that they are from the neighborhood. Like, yeah. everyone will come up like, I walked here. You know, like, <laughs> I uh, I just live just down there. You know, like, I, I live here. And everyone likes to say, more so than any other neighborhood I've ever lived in or any other bar, people like to tell you that they're from this neighborhood. Mm. And I've never experienced that. And we get it numerous times every single night and people like to talk about the neighbourhood and they like to talk about this new business in their, in their neighbourhood, you know, and I really, really like that a lot about this place. That's cool. Yeah. I really like um,
0: the art and music factor. I like being surrounded by um, the culture. Um, so when there's art on the walls from whomever, uh, I like being able to come to work every day for a month and, and look at uh, the art. Um, and then Thursday night, yesterday, what was I going to do? Like, if I wasn't if I wasn't working here last night, I probably would have also been one of those people staying in and trying to keep warm. But instead, I got to see two fantastic bands, you know, play their original music, and um, um, I get spoiled, right? When when I get to to see that kind of thing like a few times a week, it just uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it makes all the the garbage that we kind of went through worth it when you can sit back and uh, and uh, be entertained by by people who are pouring out their their hearts um, and 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 giving us their art and what they've they've worked so hard to um, create i think that's that's what I like or or fixing plumbing <laughs>
2: the
1: Either that or the yeah. seeing the nerve running the was the yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. also great <laughs> yeah.
2: I like uh I like the way that people respond when they walk into the place you know especially if they have if they've been here before before it was renovated because it looks much different yeah and we, the heat works and, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah it's much it's much different it's come a long ways since when we when we first took over the place yeah. and I like seeing people's response to that. I like, uh, and Mark and I are here every day. We've spent the last two years mm-hmm. here and so we feel very comfortable. This is home. i got my clothes everywhere, <laughs> you know, got like four <laughs> pairs of shoes and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so we're very, very comfortable here, uh, but seeing people's nervousness of performing or displaying art here, I mean, that, that's something also really, really mm-hmm. cool to see, yeah. just like we don't we don't really feel that here. I feel super, super comfortable here. But, like, seeing people like, oh, the stage, the lights, you know. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, I said, I guess that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, said this, I said this last night, though, is that I, I still get um, that that
0: same feeling, right? Like, it, it was it was like when, when I'd walk into the artery when I wasn't – if I wasn't playing, if I walked into the artery and everything was – like, sound check was done and everything was set up and the lights were dialed in and there was art on the walls, I would always get this, like um, – Almost like a weak need feeling, like I, I like you're you're walking into like um, such a beautiful ambience, yeah. and I uh, get that here still, even though we've we've combed over every single square inch of this building, painting and yeah. cutting and you know doing all oh, sorts well. of horrible jobs. Yeah, yeah, we know all the the defects and the, yeah. the problems and the whatever because we've been here so much for two years. But like when when I when I show up for a shift. And, you know, check is finished and the lights on the stage are on and the lights are dimmed in the house. And I get just, I get that, um, I kind of that weak knee feeling when I, I walk in and I get, I still get blown away. Right. Like I'm, I'm coming into one of like, um, one of the, the great, uh, theaters or cathedrals, you know, um, that's, that's the kind of feeling I get when I, when I walk in is that, uh, I'm in, um, not, not a, place of worship but like a um a place where magical things happen right like the, the theater is, is so um beautiful especially when everything's dialed in and music's going and all oh, it's mm-hmm. just like I, I still get um, a little mm-hmm. jittery and a little uh it's a pretty dark little spark. funny I get a little funny <laughs> 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 yeah and I like uh I don't get more articulate I'm still <laughs> <laughs> a <little more> funny.
2: <laughs> yeah I'm uh I'm here for Pretty, I think all the load-ins, uh, so I watch all the bands, soundcheck, and when there's, uh, and I've had several bands here that I'm really big fans of, and I know their words to song, and when they sound check with a song, I know the words to, and it's just me and the tech and the band on stage, and just, I can just sit there and just drink my coffee, and like, here's a song just for me, <laughs> that it's, uh, I, uh, that, that will never I don't think that will ever get old. Yeah. I do know. Yeah, I can just like, man, you love the stretch. Yeah, you know, I just enjoy this song, and it's no one else hears it except for me, you know? Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Uh, it way. is very cool. That will never get old. Huh.
1: Yeah. So, all in all, it seems that much like anything else in the music industry, if you want to run a venue, you've got to be able to say, this will never get old, because there's a whole lot of obstacles. I know that's the case for me as I continue to work as a musician trying to make it small here in Edmonton, Canada. Now, if you want to experience more of what Mark and Philip Muse are doing, head over to theaviary.xyz or you can visit them if you're in Edmonton at 9314 111th Avenue. Just stop in and see what's happening one night. As for me, you'll find my music at vonbeaker.com. that's V-O-N-B-I-E-K-E-R.com, and you can support me and this show at Patreon at patreon.com slash